Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everything you do is making an impact in this world. This is not an elitist issue. This is a quality of life issue. How dare you? And I feel like it's my responsibility as a human being. So what? The world is at stake. You're listening to Eco Chic, a podcast about climate, sustainability, and eco-conscious lifestyles. What, like it's hard? Hello, hello. Welcome back to Eco Chic. My name is Laura Diaz, and it is so nice to see you here again today. I hope you're doing well. I hope you are staying safe. I hope you voted by now, either by mail or early. I hope that you have a voting plan and you can track those ballots and get it in. And I hope that you have a really fabulous Halloween this upcoming weekend. So it's so nice to see you here again today. We are speaking with Taryn Rasgon of Vegetarian. I'm excited about this episode. Vegetarian is a vegan lifestyle brand, so punny t-shirts promoting veganism, plant-based lifestyles. And one of my personal favorite designs is the NASA logo, but instead of NASA, it says vegan or Veg Zeppelin, like designs that you know that have been played with a little bit to promote these plant-based lifestyles. Taryn is expanding to include other lifestyle items. Everything's printed on organic cotton, ethically made, responsibly managed, and produced. So this is a brand that is truly living her values start to finish. I had seen vegetarian teas around for a little while, and earlier this year, I saw Taryn on The Vegan View, which is a YouTube weekly show. Three vegan YouTubers that I love individually, they get together once a week and host a talk show, essentially. They interview guests, they have these big picture life discussions, all in relation to their veganism. I highly recommend you watch The Vegan View if you're hearing about it for the first time from me. It's like watching a podcast. But they interviewed Taryn earlier this year, and I was instantly hooked. I really admired the shirts from afar, like I said, but now that I got to know her, I love her. I love everything she stands for, truly living her values start to finish. She has this warm personality that just made me feel like I automatically knew her from somewhere. And I'm excited for y'all to tune into today's episode because it was a lot of fun to record. I felt like I was just catching up with a friend. And I think that you'll really appreciate it because we cover a lot of topics. We start off talking about Taryn's journey to veganism. And then we talk about her vegan entrepreneurship journey. You know, I love an entrepreneurship story. We talk about veganism in general and just happy activism, welcoming activism, things that I talk about like part-time veganism, encouraging people to just do what they can and step into it slowly. We also talk about social media and connecting with people online, which I don't think I've ever spoken about in depth on the show. Terrence shares a little bit about what it's like to get her designs ripped off, which was a really interesting discussion. Christina Vidal of Jet Set Christina talked about this on her episode of Eco Chic as well, and I can go ahead and link that in the show notes. Taryn and I also talk about what it's like to run a small business during the coronavirus, what it's like to support other small businesses, and why she chooses to support other small businesses. We do talk throughout the episode about Amazon, just in comparison to certain things we touch on, both to mean Amazon.com and also just big businesses, big businesses of the world. And I want to just off the bat acknowledge that it is such a privilege 
to shop elsewhere, to choose to spend money on more ethical, eco-conscious shops because that often does come with a higher price tag. I hope that our discussions of Amazon do not come off as insensitive or privileged. It really is just a big picture conversation about our personal buying habits. We talk about impulses and kind of frivolous buying habits, how those habits have changed over time. So we're not shaming anyone. We're really not shaming anyone who is still more regularly purchasing on Amazon. We're just talking about money and money habits, more conscious consumption in general. So I think you'll really like this episode. Like I said, it was such a joy, such a treat to have Taryn on the show because it was so fun to record and so friendly of a conversation. So I think you'll really enjoy it. And if you do, you can rate and review this podcast. You can make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can only rate and review on Apple, but can subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platforms so that you never miss an episode of Eco Chic. You can follow along on social media at Eco Chic Podcast. I've been posting little video snippets of our episodes. So if you've ever wondered what it looks like live, you can check that out on Instagram, Facebook. All of my links are in the show notes. And also as a heads up, as a reminder, we are closing totallyecochic.com. So if you've had some eyes on anything, you can go back and check that out. I'll leave that in the show notes as well. And with that, let's get into the episode. Hey, really quick before we get into the episode, I wanted to tell you about Blissoma. Blissoma is a next-level skincare brand formulated from the science of plants. Their botanical ingredients are raw, potent, and harvested with care. They have super high standards from biodegradable, certified organic, and truly naturally based ingredients. Ingredients are always fully disclosed, which I love. If you've ever listened to the show, I'm always advocating for more transparent ingredient lists. And at the end of the day, beauty shouldn't hurt anyone. Plasoma is gentle without harsh acids, abrasive additives, because their ingredients are so pure and effective. I personally love the Gentle Rice Cleanser because it doesn't strip my skin, it doesn't leave my skin feeling tight, and the exfoliant is so subtle that I don't feel like I'm scratching up all of my skin, especially if I'm washing my face twice a day. If you would like to check it out for yourself and try Blasoma, check out Blasoma.com. You can use code ECOCHIC for 20% off. That's Blasoma.com, code ECOCHIC. Taryn, thank you so much for being here. I'm, I'm so excited about this. This is going to be great. Yeah, I'm really, really glad that you reached out. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Thank you. I would love to open up just asking you, I'm sure the question that you get asked all the time is why did you go vegan? And I think that when you talk about vegan lifestyles, a lot of people who go plant-based have this moment of clarity almost where they realize that they want to just shift their lifestyle in some way. So what was that for you? That's a good question. And it's funny because I didn't really have like one aha moment that gave me clarity. At the time I was in college, I was a sophomore at ASU and I just got back from studying abroad in Barcelona. There was like many experiences that I had studying abroad um, that led to my decision of wanting to be vegan, but because it was almost 11 years ago, that's crazy. Veganism, there wasn't much information about it. I didn't know any other vegans. Like there was no one at my school that was vegan. Anytime I would talk to people and say like, oh, I'm vegan or I'm trying to be vegan. I was like automatically the weirdest person in the room. So it's hard to say that there was one experience, but some of the experiences that led me to want to be vegan 
were like happening in vain because I went to a bullfight, which is definitely not a vegan thing to do at all. But at the time I was this naive young 20 year old who had never left the country or experienced a new culture or anything like that. So when everyone signed up to go to the bullfight, I was like, okay, count me in. And I spent the entire fight along with all my friends that came with me crying because it was the saddest thing I've ever seen. I remember we all went and ordered salads at Hard Rock Cafe after we left the bullfight because you just, you couldn't, I couldn't ever look at meat the same way. I just saw this poor cow or bull literally cry and die in front of my face. It was horrible that there was no way I wanted to like go and eat a burger after that or steak or anything like that. So that was one reason. The second reason is they have like hamon, their pig thighs, they hang from the ceiling in just about every bar and restaurant, it's their delicacy. And I would look at that and be like, ew, that, I cannot eat that. <laughs> like that is disgusting. It was just like too close for comfort at the time, like seeing the pig thigh in front of my face. So I was an accidental vegetarian um, in Spain because, and I say accidental because there wasn't, I didn't even like realize it at the time, but I was not eating meat. I was gravitating towards vegetarian options because it felt better. And then when I got back from Spain, I was at ASU and it was hard to say like no to go to In-N-Out Burger, Wendy's or whatever it might be while I was in college. But every time I would, I kept getting sick. I would get nauseous. My stomach would hurt. And I was like, what is going on? Like, I love to eat. This is not normal. And I think it was then that I started doing research, just being like, why would I feel this way? And I realized that because I was an accidental vegetarian for three or four months, and then I tried to go eat meat again, it wasn't sitting right in my stomach. It wasn't making me feel good. So um, yeah, I ended up realizing then that I wanted to try and be vegan, but I also didn't want to put pressure on myself to like go 100% vegan. Cause at the time I, I didn't know, I wasn't educated on what to order, what to buy at the grocery store, um, what to make. So instead I was like, I'm just going to try and be vegan three days a week. And about six months later, I was like, I think I've been vegan this entire time. I don't even remember the last time I had meat. And it, I think part of not putting, like not putting pressure on myself was what allowed me to just eat more vegan meals and not even like really think about it. And then, um, yeah, it was like about January and the start of the new year. And I was just like, I think from now on, I'm just going to only be vegan. And at that point I had basically been a vegetarian for about a year and vegan for like six months. And I was feeling better. I accidentally lost weight. I, my asthma went away. My eczema went away, started having all of these like benefits to this lifestyle that suddenly I became like a crazy obsessed vegan and wanted to shout to the entire world. Like, Oh my God, guess what? Like I cured my asthma. I cured my eczema. Like I'm thriving. So I, I had that experience. And then it was a couple of years later that I, I wanted to be able to share my lifestyle with others, but I wanted to do it in a way that wasn't like pushing anyone or telling anyone what to eat or what to do. I just wanted to be like, oh, this is what I did. And if you care to learn about it, you should do your own research, but I can tell you all about it all day long. We can talk about it. 
Um, I can tell you what food is good. I can tell you what vegan cheeses you should eat. Or at the time there wasn't really any good vegan cheeses. So I would just tell people, oh, you, you probably won't eat cheese again, but it's fine. Fast forward now, little did I know they would make so many vegan cheeses that taste so good. Now I can't stop eating them. It, it was a good journey. Um, it definitely didn't happen overnight. And I don't think other people should put so much pressure on themselves to be like 100% perfect. I'm 100% vegan, but if you're someone that isn't vegan yet, I think allowing yourself some grace along your own journey is really important. And uh, obviously there's gonna be times where you might forget to order like no cheese on the top of your Caesar salad or something like that. Like you will learn over time, like how to kindly say to your waiter, I'm so sorry, you know, like I don't eat cheese. Is there any way we fix this or whatever it might be? Everyone's on their own journey. It's a learning process. I really commend people that like see a documentary and go vegan the next day. I really struggled at the like 10 years ago with like thinking, will I never eat chicken again? Like, am I really gonna go to a party and only eat the veggies? <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, I had those thoughts, but but now, yeah, I go to I go to parties. I bring my own vegan food. If there is no vegan food, I share with people, and I don't miss out on anything that isn't vegan because, to be honest, I just don't look at it as food anymore. I see it as a dead animal because honestly, that's what it is. That's kind of my journey and how I became vegan and why I'm vegan and why I'll always be vegan. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, that is such a good journey story. I love that because even people who have that flashbulb moment where they're like, today is the day, I'm changing my whole life, I'm going vegan. There's so much learning involved. It's so much about reading ingredients and figuring out where food actually comes from. This is always a silly example that I give, but to me it was mayonnaise. Like, it didn't automatically register to me that mayonnaise is an animal product because it's made from eggs. And a lot of the time it's about reading labels and veganism is like, what has 2% milk powder for no reason and things like that. So there's there's just so much learning involved to actually be a good vegan overnight. It's really hard to believe that anyone has a perfect journey start to finish. Another thing I loved that you mentioned was that you really don't want to be pushy and you want to be like a friendly face in the vegan community because very unfortunately there is this stereotype of the pushy vegan, of pushing people out of the movement, of saying that you're not doing it right. So I just really appreciate that you try to be so welcoming and friendly and saying like, okay, if you're going to do it on your own terms, that's fine. And I'll be here when you're ready to fully make a change and inspire you and et cetera. Yeah, definitely in the big picture, I haven't been vegan that long, but for me, I've been vegan now a third of my life. And I've learned from past experience that when I try and force or tell anyone to like eat a vegan meal with me, it honestly only backfires. And when I just eat my bomb vegan food in front of people and I actually don't say a word, more times than not, they're like, oh, can I have a bite? Everyone's on their own journey. I'm here to respect other people's journeys, not tell people what to do. I'm here to inspire people into living a healthier lifestyle. There's like the vegan police out there, you know? I honestly don't really get hate that much ever on my accounts vegetarian on social media and when I do get hate it usually is coming from another vegan and I'm always like I'm confused here like what happened to vegans practicing compassion and like doesn't that extend <laughs> to other humans I'm like so confused how is it that like the compassion is only for animals and not other humans like I don't get that 
Yeah, I really appreciate that because to me, the central message of veganism is empathy. It's about recognizing that there is an animal's life. There's a lot of injustices, ethical issues on the other side of that plate. That's what your meal is representing. I shared this tweet the other day that I'm always referring back to because I loved it so much that said, we don't need a handful of perfect vegans, we need millions of imperfect vegans. Or it was something along those lines, like, please don't fact check me. But it was just this central message that at the end of the day, it's about allowing people to come into the space with what they are, and it's saying we're not going to shame you if you're not doing it correctly. And I know that me as an individual, as someone going down this imperfect vegan journey, I like when people share recipes with me and I like when people are nice about my journey and saying, how's it going for you and how can I help and how can I enlighten you a little bit and giving people the space to just come to it on their own terms. Yeah, definitely. There is a life on the other side of your plate. And you know, I've never experienced so much time with a pig until now. And if anyone spent as much time with the pig as I have at this point and like live with the pig, you would learn that they are so smart they want to be loved and snuggled and cuddled and they eat vegetables and they are amazing animals and like different than a dog you know like a dog is a man's best friend or a woman's best friend in the sense that they will always like they'll do whatever you want pigs are sassy and have a mind of their own and the only time they'll ever actually listen to you is if you bribe them with food The rest of the time, if they don't want to be snuggled, they'll let you know. If they don't want to go outside, they'll let you know. If they don't want to do something, they control the situation. So it's different. You know, you have to learn that like Penny, my pig, respects me as her mom. And when I tell her like Penny, you know, there's food's all done, no more. She respects that just like I respect her and it goes both ways. And you don't get that with a dog. Like a dog is just there to like do whatever you say. Whereas a pig is like competent and smart enough to be her own being. You realize like you're not in control of these animals. They're here with us, not for us. I think that's like a quote that I've heard a lot. And it just like makes so much more sense now because like I said, like Penny, she respects me. I respect her. She's not there to just be my best friend or be on my dinner plate. She's here with me and to live and enjoy the sun and enjoy food and enjoy company, just like humans enjoy, you know? Yeah, I think that cognitive dissonance is really hard for people to make that connection because we do see animals as food. We, like, as a society, it's so easy to, like, have a kid see a cow on the side of the road and you think the cow is so cute and you're so excited about just this adorable cow and then you go home and you don't want to think about that beautiful little cow when you're eating the beef on your plate or whatever it may be. So I think it's just really hard for people to make that connection, especially because you're not, like, seeing the slaughterhouses and whatever else it may be. And I will be very upfront in saying that, like, I came to living a more plant-based lifestyle for the sake of climate, for the sake of the environment. I was thinking about emissions and I was thinking about water resources and things like that. But once you go down this rabbit hole of like the benefits of eating this way, you really start to open your eyes to the abuses, the injustices, quite frankly, that are allowing animal agriculture to continue to be such a force in the mainstream marketplace. 
It's honestly really heartbreaking, and I completely understand why so many people are converted after watching veganism documentaries on Netflix, because you see exactly what's going on every step of the way, and of course you don't want to be a part of it. Of course you don't want to be feeding into it. I mean, a whole different story is just, like, the subsidies in place to make animal products so incredibly affordable. Like, it's easy to say, oh, I feel bad for this chicken, but I'm going to continue to buy chicken. Or, honestly, on the flip side, this is completely different, but thinking about the stories or the photos of, like, a cow escaping from a slaughterhouse, and then everyone on the internet is cheering on this cow. And, like, if you're happy for the cow, you get it. Like, you understand why animal agriculture is bad because you don't want animals to be living in that condition. There's a system in place that you need to say something about and you need to acknowledge. I mean, just like how you came to veganism for like an environmental, in an environmental way, like that initially brought you into this lifestyle. Like I always say that I was initially brought in for health more or less. Like I wasn't feeling well. I wanted to feel better. It was like a very, so to speak, selfish kind of thing to go vegan because like I wanted to do it for no one else besides myself but along the way as I continued to learn I realized I learned about the environment I learned about the animals and now like I tell people I'm vegan for so many reasons like it's not just about my own health it's so much more it has to do with looking at like a big picture kind of thing versus like one aspect of it it's like you look at it as a whole like I see it as like every single time I sit down at the table and I eat a vegan meal. I'm doing something that is not only good for myself, but it's also good for the earth, for other inhabitants of the earth, for animals, for so many reasons. So I think that that definitely is an important aspect of veganism, but I only think people get there when they truly do the research to like learn for themselves. Otherwise, it's just someone blabbing a bunch of what you might consider nonsense at you. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Oh, 100%. I completely understand what you're saying. And I think something that I love so much about you and vegetarian, your brand, which I definitely want to get into, is this openness and this fun around veganism and plant-based lifestyles. And you have been able to give vegan lifestyles this personality that I genuinely did not see before. And I think going at veganism from this like oh just try it this like punny fun space is so so valuable so I want to hear about vegetarian like how did it get started where have you gone once I graduated from ASU I knew I wanted to do something around veganism I wanted to reach people and help inspire others to go vegan and especially at the time it was it was like about six years ago so it was like right before it became like cool to be vegan if you know what I mean when I would see like other vegan shirts or people promoting their veganism, it, to me, it seemed like this really hardcore vegan. And like, I was vegan at the time, but it, it, they made it seem like unapproachable in a way, if that makes sense. And not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, like my mom is like a hardcore vegan activist now, and I won't necessarily go out and protest like she will on Pico Boulevard in LA. And I respect that drive and I respect that type of activism. But for me, I wanted to come at it in my own way and in a way that would be attractive to me. So that was kind of what originally made me want to start vegetarian was like, I wanted to do it in a fun and lighthearted way. And I wanted it to be something that would invite people whether or not they were vegan. So I started six years ago. I uh, had two shirts that first came out when I launched, Let Us Eat Plants and If Looks Could Kale. I went to a festival in Arizona 
the Arizona Veg Fest and sold some shirts there and have basically just been going to festivals, um, vegan festivals around the U.S. and also gone to London and selling my shirts. And it's been such a fun journey. I've met so many vegans along the way. Um, I now have over 100 SKUs on my site. I think over 200 SKUs. There are so many. I really enjoy expressing my creativity via shirts and creating designs that spread a message but also resonate with people and originally and this still is the goal today is that when I put on a vegetarian tea if I go to the market or if I go hang out with friends or wherever I might be going I don't go that many places anymore because of coronavirus (laughs) so when I see people it's always nice to be in a vegetarian tea because a lot of the times it will spark a conversation in a very like, oh, I like your shirt. That's really funny. It's super punny or I appreciate that shirt. It's so hilarious. Whatever it is that someone might say, it starts this conversation in an organic, non-confrontational way where I'm no longer the crazy vegan in the room trying to like yell at everyone, go vegan. I just am wearing my fun vegan shirt that allows me to express myself, but it allows others to appreciate the humor behind it and start a conversation in an easy way. So that was really the main mission behind it. And it's still what I do today. And I absolutely love it. I have so much fun sharing what I eat and what vegan products I'm into um, on online and with my friends online. And I just, it has been the craziest journey over the last six years, but I'm so grateful for Vegetarian and all the people that support this little company because I never really dreamed that it would become what it is today. And I, I love it. I love that so much. And I also, I really, really like what you said about your shirts being a conversation starter and sharing a little bit of your personality through clothing. And when you think about regular people fashion, it has to be clothing that you can wear on a regular basis that literally says something that you care about and has this opportunity to start a conversation. And I think in a way that like subtle activism of, of starting a conversation and inviting people into a movement without necessarily being this aggressive vegan propaganda, like you mentioned, I think that's so important. And quite frankly, I think it's really underrated. Like I, I don't see that in a lot of other movements because it's not just about like t-shirts or hats or whatever it is. It's giving people a sense of welcoming into a movement. Exactly. Exactly. So it's how I express myself. I feel like when other people buy vegetarian tea and put it on, they get to take ownership of that like funny humor, funny joke or whatever it might be that is on the shirt. And they now get to be the person that's wearing the shirt. That's like the funny one. And hopefully when they're out and about in public and meeting others that other people stop them and say something to them because I always am like shocked like it literally blows my mind when I'm like at the cash register and someone's like oh I like your shirt no one ever comments on my clothing ever but when I'm in vegetarian they always comment on it and I'm just like yes like that was the goal like I achieved my goal you know so I love it always like warms my heart (laughs) yeah no I think that's so sweet and I feel like now that you've been doing it for six years you mentioned you have this sense of like what resonates with people and what gets those conversations started and and what consumers want to see on shirts and I also think it's really important that you're so plugged into your community because I feel like I know you through Instagram like (laughs) I I mentioned that that I 
I, I really do because like I have been following this journey with your pig and I love when you share your dinners. And I think that personal aspect to your brand is so, so important and you do it so well. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I went the first five years more or less like posting every single day, never missing a day. And then this year with like all the chaos that's been happening, like I have taken some like mental health breaks more or less just because it is challenging when I'm not feeling my best to like get online and like talk to everyone and like be positive, cheery Taryn. But I so much like when I have been away, I like miss interacting with all of my friends online. Like I feel like I have, especially this year, I barely see anyone. Like we never leave our house. We're always home. And it's so nice that I'm able to go on my phone and like feel like I am getting some friendship in or like satisfaction from like the relationships I've made online. And I just, I love talking to people. I love hearing people's stories. I love when people like want to share things back with me about like how they went vegan or what inspired them to be vegan or talking about like what new products are available. Like I just did like a whole grocery haul from Trader Joe's and some of my friends that like are actually friends in real life even messaged me being like, I just went to Trader Joe's and bought everything because of you. And I'm like, oh, cool. What'd you get? Like, show me, <laughs> you know, it just like, it makes it so much more fun. And, and it is really awesome to like be able to just have so many online friends. No, that's incredible. I think that's awesome. And I'm wondering, has it been challenging in any sense? Have you found any new barriers as you've continued to grow your presence online and as you've continued to go to these festivals over time because at first it sounds like you had two shirts it was a one woman in production and as you've grown you really have kept to these values of making sure that your clothing is produced ethically and making sure that it's produced on really high quality cotton and and what have been some of those challenges with just like properly scaling a vegan lifestyle brand totally you know i would say that any business, like there's always challenges along the way. And some of the challenges that I've had, I think aren't like challenges that vegan businesses face, but probably all businesses face. Like things like delegating tasks, when you feel so like in control of every aspect of your brand, and then it gets to a point where you like have to have help and you have to trust others to do the job, like you get it done. That That's a challenge. Um, I think that a lot of business owners don't necessarily talk about when they go from like the stage where they're in control of everything to like the delegation stage. And that definitely was something that like I had to learn, you know, when I first hired someone to help me out with like operations, like I had to have them CC me on every email. And like, eventually I got, I was like, okay, you can stop CCing me. Like I've gotten to a point, you know, like there's little hurdles like that along the way that I, I'm sure all businesses experience. Definitely a challenge that happens quite often lately is simply having my designs ripped off. There are fake accounts online that literally will steal my designs, steal other designs from other vegan t-shirt brands and create this whole online persona and online website as if they're selling my products. And then it's just a scam and they're scamming people. They're there. I don't even know if people get the products or not. And I've been getting more messages lately of people being like, Hey, are you affiliated with this brand? And I, every time I'm not affiliated with them, like I sell my shirts on vegetarian.com and vegetarian.com only. So if you ever see them elsewhere, like it's not me. Oh my God. Oh yeah. my God. That's awful. It's awful. I wouldn't and have even thought about that. 
the first few times it happened, it was like so upsetting. I cried. I was really bummed. I'm like, what am I going to do? And honestly, for the most part, I kind of just keep moving forward because I can't sit and dwell on all that. Most of the time, I just, I'm honest with people. If someone is like fully, fully like to a T copied every aspect of my design, there have been a couple times I've like just gone on my Instagram and been like, excuse me, can you guys help me report this account? Like they're straight up ripping me off. And that seems to help sometimes people, you know, take time out of their day to help report account that's ripping me off. Like that does do something for me. And is, I always feel super grateful to have the help of, you know, my online community, but in general, yeah, those have been some of the bigger challenges that I've faced. And then like this year, I would say like, coronavirus in general has just been and then every business I don't know any business maybe not Amazon that's like hurting from coronavirus I've been kind of hating on Amazon lately I need to chill (laughs) oh it's fine I it's literally me my whole family we talk about Amazon every single day in my family here's a fun fact actually I went to the same high school that Jeff Bezos went to so we refer to Jeff Bezos yeah well it's so funny because I mean obviously I didn't know him but I um we refer to Jeff Bezos and my family as just Jeff and we're like (laughs) I can't believe Jeff did that like anytime there's Amazon news we talk about Amazon all the time in my house (laughs) oh my god yeah no so you know my, I'm in Oregon now. I live in Oregon. My office is in LA. And when coronavirus first happened and lockdown went on, my building shut down and didn't allow any of my employees to go in and ship product for one month. So that was a challenge. So if anyone did order during that time, I'm sure you received an email from us explaining the situation and got your shirt a month late. And I'm very sorry for that happening, obviously, but that was completely out of my control. And that was like a big hurdle this year, as well as like a lot of the shirts and like the production behind shirts and whatnot, put everything behind. So like that was difficult when it came to like ordering this year. It seems like just everything moves a little bit slower in the coronavirus era. So yeah, those have been like some like, you know, challenges that are happening right now that everyone is experiencing. But in general, like, those are some of the hurdles I've had to overcome or challenges that I've dealt with, I would say. Yeah, no, that's a pretty extensive list. And I am so sorry to hear about your designs getting ripped off. And it sounds like it unfortunately happens like kind of often. That's awful. Yes, I'm so sorry. Me. Like I'm really good friends with Jackie from Beat by Beat. Shout out Jackie. Love her. We started our businesses like a month apart from each other. And we've just always been huge supporters of each other from the beginning. She's one of my like actual real life friends her designs too people rip them off and it's just like horrible that people even do that I don't even know if these like people on the other end of that are they're vegan like to me I'm like how can you be ripping off other vegans and then call yourself vegan I'm just confused so yeah (laughs) you know it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about empathy and if you're going to care about if you're going to care about animals, you have to care about the people in the movement too. Totally, totally. So yeah, that's a bummer. But honestly, I try not to focus on it. I'm just like, well, you can rip off my designs. I'm going to come out with more ones, like have fun keeping up kind of thing. Right, right. <laughs> like you're just going to be 
the best you that you can and yeah I mean I hate the phrase imitation is the highest form of flattery I think about it a lot because I'm like I want people to admire me from afar I don't need anyone ripping me off to yeah to prove that they're you know impressed by me or whatever it may be but anyway so I want to hear about what's next so we've talked about challenges and now let's talk about growth and what you're seeing for the future how do you improve on all of the success that you've had so far it's funny because I used to always like I call it ugly draw um, on like a piece of paper with a pencil or a pen, I would sketch the designs that I wanted. Um, but after I would sketch them and ugly draw them, I would usually hire out a graphic designer to bring the design to life for prints. And one of the positives that came out of coronavirus was that I was home all the time. And I decided that I was sick of constantly working with designers to bring my ideas to life because I knew what I wanted. I could see it in my head. I just needed to bring it to life. So I spent a good amount of time just teaching myself graphic design. Thank you to YouTube. You can learn just about anything. (laughs) So now I've been designing everything myself. So the last few shirts that have been coming out or last few shirts that came out, I completely designed start to finish. And like this one I'm in design start to finish. And now it's just like so much better that I feel like I have more control over coming out with new designs or putting them on different products besides just a shirt or a sweatshirt. I'm looking at expanding what's available on vegetarian right now. I have jewelry and hair accessories like scrunchies and headbands and scarf ties that match your shirt perfectly so that you can get a whole outfit an entire look. Everything is ethically made, sustainable. Um, Usually most of the companies that I'm working with are women owned as well, which I'm really into and want to be able to support other women owned businesses. So when people shop at Vegetarian, it isn't just about like supporting a vegan business. It also is about supporting other small brands, other ethical brands, other sustainable brands. Those are all really important to me. Uh, I do my best not to buy everything off of Amazon. I try not to just like buy nonsense items in in general and instead like spend the extra like $50 on like a sweat set from a sustainable company that I know is high quality and going to last me a while and stuff like that and put my own money where my mouth is kind of thing. So I firmly believe in that. And I am really excited to continue to grow vegetarian as a lifestyle brand and not just be limited to t-shirts and sweatshirts and tote bags, just because there are, is so much information and like vegan food readily available, but I wouldn't say the same for clothing and fashion and beauty. You have to really hunt or look to find what is truly vegan, what is cruelty-free, what is sustainable. And I want vegetarian to be a place where people can come and know that anything they buy off that site is going to be made ethically, made with the earth in mind, with the people in mind and stuff like that. I think that's so important. And I really appreciate what you said about knowing that your beauty items or your fashion items or any other items that aren't necessarily food related can also be cruelty-free and can also be vegan. I think that there's a lot of misconception around like what really can be involved in veganism and it's not even necessarily just food. It it really is a lifestyle. I mean, I'm thinking that, I mean, a separate issue, but similar is gluten-free. I saw a soap the other day that was advertised as a gluten-free soap. And I was like, do people really have to worry about this? And they do. And I think it's really just a matter of realizing that 
your food choices are only one very small portion of the kind of consumer that you are. Yeah, totally. And you know, like, I think that part of why some people don't just like easily go vegan is because it is this vast lifestyle change where it it does extend past just your food choices. And I remember even feeling like when I was in college, I was already vegan. I had already owned Ugg boots that were mine from before I went vegan. And I couldn't wear them anymore. I was, I was like, had stopped wearing them because I just like felt weird having animal fur on my feet. And they stayed in my closet for about a year, just in the back of my closet. Because for me personally, at the time I was in college or just graduated, I wasn't ready to like part with my Ugg boots that I never wore anymore. But at the same time, those Ugg boots were something that I wanted so badly when I got them that I wasn't like, I'm able to just like part with them right away. So they did sit in the back of my closet for a really long time. And eventually I donated them and hopefully someone else who needed a pair of shoes is wearing them and enjoying them. But part of, you know, my journey of going vegan, it must have been like five or six years ago when I, about the time I started vegetarian, like one night I went to like lay down on my bed. And I suddenly realized that my pillow and my comforter were both made from down. Like I had a down comforter, I had down pillow. And I was like, oh my God, like there's bird feathers in here. Like I need to go and get like whole new bedspread and pillows and everything. And, you know, at the time I was like, do I even have money for this? Like I need to figure out where I can go and like get a down alternative comforter and everything. And there are so many aspects to your veganism. And I'm sure that there are people that are vegan and they want to still use their down comforters and whatnot. But for me and the life that I want to live, like I no longer want to contribute to anything that uses animals for us. Like I'd rather find the alternatives, you know, like we just, me and my fiance just bought this house. And when we were like getting our furniture, I wanted to make sure that all the couches were like not made with any down or any animals like we actually were able to find some vegan leather chairs that I'm so excited for can't wait for them to arrive it depends like everyone to each their own but for me it was really important to completely rid my life of animals that weren't alive that absolutely makes sense for me actually a similar kind of aha moment was silk like silk bedding and silk bedspreads I had no idea that silk comes from a silkworm. And for some reason, like I I knew about silkworms, but I didn't put the two together. And silk is made by putting live silkworms in boiling water and getting the silk out. And once I realized that, I was like, I can never feed into this anymore. And then I was so, I think during the time, I was like so obsessed with the idea of silk pillowcases for my for my skin, for my hair, and for whatever else. And you know, it's it's pretty vain. It's like a really shallow reason to want silk pillowcases. But once I realized that there are also silk alternatives, I was like, yeah. oh, wow, there really is a vegan option for so many more things than you realize. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have um, like a satin pillowcase that I love. I recently got it. It's like my first year using something that isn't cotton on my pillows. And I love it. I'm obsessed. Organi Grow Hair Co. They have like a few different companies. They have Organi Go Life Co., Organi Grow Hair Co., and then like a face or beauty brand. It's a POC woman-owned business that I buy all my shampoo, conditioner, and pillowcases from them. And it's honestly changed my life for my hair. Like 
I was like super struggling with like my hair, just like feeling good and growing. And little did I know, all I needed to do was switch my shampoo and conditioner to something that was better for my hair. But their entire brand is vegan. And they were the ones that say like, oh, sleep with a satin pillowcase is better for your hair and better for your skin. And now I love it. Maybe that's why my hair grows. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm about to go down a rabbit hole oh of God. this website. Honestly, I am obsessed. I'm not sponsored or affiliated with, with them in any <laughs> way, just for the record. I well, you should be. You should, I should be. I wish I was because they have shampoo and conditioner. This is off topic. I'm so sorry. But they're, they have shampoo and conditioner where before you buy the shampoo or the hair products, you like literally pull out a piece of your hair and put it in water. And you do this like test to see if your hair floats or sinks or stays in the middle. And based on the basically how porous your hair is, it makes so much sense. Then you buy the products based on your hair. So I have low porosity hair. I buy the products for my hair now. My hair actually grows. It feels so good. I blow dried my hair today, but I can like let my hair like air dry and my like natural waves like look good and not dry and stringy. And so, yeah, I got so obsessed with the whole hairline. I bought it all. I bought body wash. I bought their face, their whole face line, nighttime cream, a daytime cream, like an eye cream everything. I bought it all because I was like, this has changed my life. And um, like I said, I try to support other small businesses, other women-owned businesses. It has just been amazing for me. And I can't tell, I literally just wish I could tell everyone like, did you know that you need like shampoo and conditioner like for your hair type? I did it. Took me 30 years to find it out. You know, like 30 years. so funny. Yeah. It's funny because when you say that you love to support small businesses, I feel like once you get into this habit of buying from more conscious brands or buying from small businesses or really looking into even like ingredients and making sure that you're buying cruelty-free makeup, it's hard to stop. It's hard to, to go back to what you were doing once you know better. And when I say know better, it's just like knowing more. It's just knowing that these options even exist. How do you go yeah. back? Yeah. It's, it honestly changed my life. Like I'm so glad I've been able to like find that hair company and just like find other small brands because you know like when someone orders from me like I I like do a little happy dance I'm like so excited to get an order and like I know that when I order from another small business it's like I'm passing that on so I feel like it's really important to do that and I definitely think buying like quality over quantity and stuff like that I just like that's a saying for a reason you know what I mean yeah I think that's really sweet and I've been thinking a lot about it because Amazon Prime Days this week. And I know we've been talking about Amazon like this whole time. So I'm sorry about that. But thinking about like conscious consumption and thinking about the holidays coming up because we have Halloween coming. And after that, it's like this big sprint to Christmas. And we're living in a time where if we are truly all at home this year, you have the opportunity to dig a little bit deeper and, mm -hmm. and think about the brands that you're buying from and think about where your items and your holiday products are coming from or even if you're just impulse shopping, like I can't even tell you how often I see an ad for something on Instagram and I want to just like immediately swipe up and buy it and, and reminding myself that if this is something that I truly want, let me make sure that I'm supporting a brand and a business that I really believe in. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's harder than ever to avoid those loopholes now as a consumer, because like really once you, once you know better, it's hard to just go back. I don't know. I just, I can't go back to just being okay with spending my money at like fast fashion stores yeah. or whatever else it may be. Yeah, exactly. I, I totally 
that I totally understand that and like feel the same way. And I said this yesterday on my story. I said, I get that it's Prime Day, but I felt like every single person I know was online being like, oh, it's Prime Day, like go buy all this. And I was like, wait a second, what about happened to like three months ago when we were all talking about supporting small businesses? Like Amazon has been getting your business all year because coronavirus happened in the the safest way to get anything to your door was because of Amazon. That's why they're doing well. And Jeff Bezos is like even richer than he was before. Right. Why can't we boycott Prime Day and instead just like spend our dollars buying whatever we actually need from small businesses? Like, of course, if you need something from Amazon or ship to your house for safety reasons, like by all means, go buy it. I'm not saying like you have to never do that again, never buy anything from Amazon again. I'm just saying like consciously decide when you're spending your money, where you're spending it, what you're spending it on and, and who you're supporting. Honestly, I think if those are a good few questions to ask yourself, like before you purchase. I think that's important. And the way that you say you don't have to never buy from Amazon again, I think it's similar to what we opened up with veganism and you're not going to wake up and be vegan for the rest of your life perfectly. And you're going to find out things like mayonnaise is made out of eggs and, yeah. and it happens and it's a learning curve. Yeah. And I think, yeah, the conscious consumption practice is one that you're always going to be learning and growing in. And it's one that I feel like I'm learning every single day. So I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, of course. All right, I hope that you really enjoyed that episode with Taryn Rasgon of Vegetarian. I will have her information down in the show notes and everything will be shared as well on social media, as I mentioned, at Eco Chic Podcast. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. If you've made it this far, make sure that you are subscribed to Eco Chic wherever you're listening to this so you never miss an episode. And rate and review if you're on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate it. Share it with a friend if you think that they will enjoy it. I love seeing what you tag me in on social media. I love knowing what resonates with you. And I really look forward to seeing you here next week. Bye.